everyone, and welcome to the Change Makers Podcast, where we chat with interesting and engaging individuals here and far about change, making change, living change in their own lives, how they've experienced unimaginable change, and innovative ways people uplift the lives of others. We chat about triumphs over tragedies, mindset matters, and how we live out our life's purpose inspirationally. So please join us to be inspired and empowered to be the change you want to see in this world. You know, we can all be change makers in our lives. Here's to the change you're about to bring forth. Hey everybody, this is Kimberly Rice, um, Chief Changemakers of Changemakers, and I'm coming to you this afternoon with, with my, my colleague and friend Matt Ward. Um, so we want to talk today about how Matt Ward speaks at mattwardspeaks.com. And we're going to talk a little bit about change making in the life of a um, public speaker and um, someone who enjoys building uh, relationships for growth for all. So, Matt, I want to welcome you today to Change Making Podcast. Thanks for having me on, Kimberly. I greatly appreciate it. Certainly. So, I'm just curious if you would please share with our listeners. Uh, a bit about yourself and your professional journey and what you would do even if you wouldn't, weren't getting paid for it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, so a little bit about myself. Uh, you know, I, I grew up, you know, in Hershey, Pennsylvania, Chocolate Town, USA. Um, the youngest of three boys, the first to graduate high school and the only one not to go to prison. Ooh. Let that sink in for a minute. Um, <laughs> That's actually probably my claim to fame, sadly. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, uh, I was in uh, software testing. So I used to test websites, including the largest or the, I w- wouldn't say the largest, but the uh, probably third largest search engine on the planet at one time, which was Lycos.com. And, uh, and there was all kinds of layoffs in that world. And so I got tired of that and I decided I'm gonna go start my own digital marketing agency. And I uh, did that in 2002, took it full-time in 05, ran that for 16 years and uh, exited that in 2018, selling that business to one of my long-term employees who i had actually met in a networking group. Oh. Uh, so I developed that relationship over a period of time. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much. And so now what I do is I travel the country um, as a professional speaker uh, teaching service-based business professionals how to get more word-of-mouth referrals by caring about other people. And tell us how you do that in two seconds or less. <laughs> uh, well, well, it's really just about getting people to understand that sales really isn't about themselves. It's about others. And right. so if we show up in the lives of other people, if we build true, meaningful, um, two-way relationships um, that, that people will do more business with us. And, uh, you know, I don't believe that people do business with who they know, like, and trust. I'm sure a lot of people have heard that. I actually think that people do business with who they know, like, trust and care about to the point where they'd invite us over to the house for a cookout. 
Well, you know, um, so how would you um, characterize, you know, with the proliferation of all things social media um, and how we bring relationship marketing to digital platforms? I'd be curious your take on that. Yeah, you know, I actually think that social media is a fantastic tool to do such a thing. The problem is, is that we use it wrong. So it's like taking a hammer to try and drive a screw into a wall. It, it doesn't work, right? right? And so what we need to do is make sure that we're using the tool of social media as a tool to understand who our quote unquote friends are, our followers are, and then build those relationships with those people, um, you know, outside of social media. You can still build a, you know, a relationship with them inside of social media, but the real power of it is taking it offline. That's where, that's where relationships really start to, to blossom. Absolutely. I mean, there's no other way. I mean, I can't tell you how many people that I've engaged with online, LinkedIn, etc. And we find commonalities. We find that we may even do business with um, people in our same, you know, regions. Um, if not neighborhoods, I mean, my, my network and my business is national, if not global, yet it always comes down to those personal connections um, that really set it on fire um, and, and create more of a momentum and commitment to nurture that on an ongoing basis. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think most people stop at the connection point, uh -huh. but I don't think that's a true connection, right? So they connect, so to speak, they become linked in those social platforms and then that's it. They don't go any farther. There's no follow-up. There's no continued conversation. There's no really understanding about who the other person is. And it's those types of things that really set us apart and uh, make us more effective as, as business people, as, 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 you know, life people, I mean, at the end of the day, our relationships are what we have. They're, they're, you know, they're the stock in our personal lives. And, uh, you know, it's, if, if you run into trouble, you know, real quickly how, how your stock is doing because your relationships will prove whether or not you had been there for other people. Yeah, it all, it really does all come down. I mean, we all have different ways, <clears throat> you know, I've worked in the professional services um, marketing space for forever. And there are lots of tools in the toolkit, but at the end of the day, it does come down to how strong our connections and relationships are uh, with being of service. Um, I have often found um, and I think it still holds true today that even say, for example, on LinkedIn, I aggressively grow my community on LinkedIn for various reasons, aside from the fact that I just love learning new things and learning about people's journeys. But when I see individuals who come to me and want to link in with me or, or connect with me and right out of the gate, they're selling me something <laughs> right out of the gate. And it's just such, it's so off putting and oftentimes, you know, depending on where I am, I'll take the time to shoot back an email. I don't, first of all, I don't accept their LinkedIn connection, 
request, but then I'll take the time to circle back around and say, you know, John, I mean, thanks for reaching out, but I, I just feel like this is, you know, your outreach is a violation of the spirit of LinkedIn. You know, if you want to connect with me and learn about me and how we might collaborate or have be a, you know, um, nurture a referral relationship, I'm all for that. But don't, nobody wants to feel sold or nobody wants to be sold to. Um, That's right. People want to buy, but they never want to be sold to. And this is the confusing part to me, and I still have yet to figure it out. Do the people who are actually doing this, do they actually like to have this done to them? Exactly. Well, you know, it's interesting because I just had this exchange the other day with this fella who reached out to me. And, um, and I have to say, and I'm not picking on the guys, but it happens more with men reaching out to me than with women reaching out to me. Um, and so yeah, I, four to one, four to one. I've seen that. Okay. So I have, mm -hmm. I have to think that because I, I'm, you know, I'm a communication specialist and I understand, you know, that there are tremendous differences in how men and women communicate naturally. So I, um, by this fellow's response, and I'm just, I'm just going to look in. Oh, here it is. Um, so this fellow said, when I said that I felt like it was violating the spirit of LinkedIn with giving me an overt sales pitch, he goes, I'm sorry you feel that way. I was just introducing what we do. And yes, I do have an interest in learning um, more about you and your business, but only if you'd like to share. And so that to me tells me he doesn't get it. <laughs> mm. Because, you know, the whole point of him, you know, uh, basically pitching me his business under the guise of just sharing with me what he does, but it's not about him. You know, that's, this is what I think a lot of people have a hard time understanding is that um, as much as, you know, we all are on a path, ultimately, if, you know, when we bring that service mindset into our everyday lives, into our businesses, into the workplace, wherever, it, we have to step out of the way and it's all about being service, you know, service above, above self and how can we be of service to someone else? And it's only then that the connections are really made. Right. And I have two very clear examples of this um, <clears throat> on my blog, on my website. Um, the first one is, is titled, are you selling or connecting on LinkedIn? Oh, right. Cause okay. remember that the button that you send on LinkedIn is a connection request. Correct. And so this individual sends over this thing and says, I'd love the opportunity to speak about a business opportunity at your earliest convenience. My company, which I removed the company name, creates platforms for professional speakers, coaches, trainers to scale their business. If you want to hear more, please reply. John. So I said, no, thanks. Was that your purpose for connecting? He said, we offer a technology solution to people such as yourself that can be a source of ongoing revenue. If you want to see at least a one page summary of what we offer, let me know. So I replied and said, I can't possibly do business with anyone that avoids direct questions. It's unethical in my book. Yep. Thanks for thinking of me. Best of luck. And his response was, have you ever heard of network marketing? LOL. Ah! Why is this unethical since we offer a legitimate service that can help people achieve their goals? What do you do that helps people? How do you reach your prospective audience? So I said, wow. My response was, dude, really? You have no idea what my IP is. It's word of mouth referrals. 
<laughs> with just a little bit of research on my profile, you could have known that before attempting to connect to me and sell me something. I might actually want your product, but will never buy if all you are interested in is a sale and not a relationship. P.S. This is far from network marketing. Just because you connect to someone on LinkedIn doesn't mean that they're in your network. You need to earn that right. Good for you. So, so this is part of the problem. The other issue uh, that I wrote about was uh, LinkedIn done wrong. And what it was, was an individual I connected, another professional speaker. We're in the same space. Um, I, I knew, knew him personally. And um, he sent me a no cultivation, no relationship building at all, but then sent me a message. I think I connected... Um, you know, I, I don't know. I had been connected maybe for a few months. Um, sent me a whole bunch of links to listen to his podcast. And, um, and, and, you know, there was not a lot of cultivation there, right? And then he asked me to register for his event, which was a, you know, fee-based event. And I'm not even his ideal client, at least in, in my uh, message. Um, and then he asked me to bulk buy his books. Mm. Like he was coming out with a new book. He asked me to bulk buy them. And, uh, then he, he followed that up before I could reply with sorry for the generic impersonal message, just trying to get the word out. Um, so I thought maybe he knew that that wasn't the right way. So I replied, it's probably not the most effective to get the, the way to get the word out. But then he just kept going. And then he asked me for a referral. He actually asked me to refer him. And that's something big I'm on that I don't believe you should ever ask anybody to refer you. I, I, I publicly state that in all of my talks, in my book, on my blog. Um, I, don't, I, I believe that asking for a referral comes across as begging. I don't, in asking for an introduction is completely different than asking for a referral. Asking a referral is asking someone to send you business. Right. And people don't, they don't like that, right? It's, you know, we buy a car. We don't like to be asked for three names of people that need a car. And so we, we just cringe with, with utter, and we start to shake when that happens, right? And, and so I don't understand why, if we don't like to have that happen, why it's okay for us to ask others to do that. Right. You know, and, um, and once again, we have an individual that knows nothing about me asking me to do something that's it's in direct violation of my IP. And this is the problem as a whole with not building a relationship. It's transaction-based, not relationship-based. And while it is true that, that the relationship stuff takes a lot longer to grow over time, the foundation is much more firm that way. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's one of the problems with, with relationship stuff. This is also one of the reasons why I do something very unique on LinkedIn. If people send me a LinkedIn request, I send back a video response. Um, usually the video response, because it's so unique and so different, just in, in the nature of the delivery of it, it, it stops the sales pitch 99% of the time. Huh. Um, and so the question becomes, okay, great. I stopped the sales pitch, but now what? you know, does the person want a relationship? Do we try and build a relationship? And you obviously can't do this with hundreds and thousands of people, but you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to, um, you're trying to find your pool of fish to swim in, right? right. 
and you're trying to stick with the right people that work for you. And I always tell people that you want to gravitate to the folks that you can refer based on your clientele and that can refer you based on their clientele, right? We don't ever want to be building or focusing on trying to get referrals from the end consumer because that takes, you know, the end consumer is going to, going to give you one to three over a lifetime. But the referral partner, the people in a position who work with the same type of clients is going to give you one to three referrals a year. And so it's a, it's a big difference. And, and when you start to, to think differently like, like that, you do really become a change maker at that point. Because now you're focused on where, where you can get a volume of referrals. And that's going to accelerate, you, you know, your business in a lot of ways. Exactly. Well, um, you gave me a great opening there, and that is speaking about change making, which is something I'm very passionate about. And I know mm -hmm. that um, I was speaking to, actually earlier, I was hosting a podcast with a, uh, a, a wonderful, wonderful woman psychotherapist who works with women, um, high powered, high achieving women. And we were talking about change making and, and um, how, why people resist it. Um, because a lot of people do resist it and they, they operate with the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. And there's a lot of fear behind change due to the uncertainty. But I'm curious from your unique perspective, you know, what is the mindset of a change maker to you and how can we all apply this thinking, you know, in our lives and our businesses? Um, so, I mean, I think, I think, it's an interesting word, right? Change maker, because to me, it means that you're taking action. You're, you're modifying uh, your behaviors, right? And I look at it from the standpoint of, you know, how big is the change that you're making, right? Um, because I think that everybody looks for that big change, but I don't think that's effective, right? I think that's a shock to the system. And so I believe in, in very small, minute, minuscule changes that can change the trajectory of something. So if you think about, you know, um, you know, the space shuttle, for example, when that thing launches from Earth, you know, if you have a degree, if you're a degree off, you're completely missing the moon, right? And, and you know, so if you adjust that on purpose, right, just, just one degree, um, because you want to take a different path, it's going to lead you in a completely different direction. And I, I'm a big believer that if you can make small, tiny changes in your life and in your business, that the impact that that will have on you down the road will be massive. Think about the financial planning perspective, right? When they talk about that compound interest and the earlier you save in your, in your um, adult life, you know, they say, what is it? I think it's a 16 year old graduates from high school or an 18 year old graduates from high school. And if they invest this certain amount of money or whatever for, uh, you know, 20 years, they're, they have a million dollars. But if you do it when you're 40, you don't have a million dollars type of thing. And so it's kind of this, this, um, the law of compound interest. And I think that that applies directly to small, minute changes that you can make in your life and in your business. Well, it is. I mean, because it's the practice discipline day over day over day. Um, and m many of us, given how many demands are on our time, all the different modes of communication, 
you know, if, if we are not super duper disciplined, life can get in the way, pull us off focus and off task. Um, and, you know, it's just a matter of checking the box to get through the day, you know, and oftentimes I, I found out through the, the survey that we're doing with uh, women professionals that the number one thing that gets neglected is self-care. And then the second thing is relationships. Mm. And so, you know, it's, we're just, we're just maxed out on what our brain can handle. And so as important as relationships are, business, life, personal, whatever, um, they're work. I mean, you have to nurture and feed the relationships in order to sustain them. Um, and that goes for business or marriages or, you know, parent, child or whatever. Um, so it's just, it's a fascinating topic to me. Um, and I've seen that be very fascinating in the work and the, the path that I have followed. But I'm, I'm just curious, Matt, um, um, you know, if you could give yourself, your younger self, one piece of professional advice, what would that be? Um, well, I'd like to have two pieces of professional advice, I guess. <laughs> uh, the first would be to to start saving for retirement and investing earlier. I didn't do that. Um, and so I'm playing the catch up game now, but the one would be to listen to my grandfather. When I was 18 years old, my grandfather and I, uh, so we were having this conversation. He lived uh, in a, in a high rise uh, overlooking Washington, DC. It's a place we would go every year for July 4th to watch the fireworks just over the Washington Monument. It was fantastic. And we were there earlier that day on July 4th before it got dark. And we were having a conversation um, just sort of about people. And he said to me, well, you know, it's not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And at the point in time, I was too dumb to realize that this giant in legal history, he was a, he was an, a, a judge for the Social Security Administration, I knew exactly what it was talking about, but I decided I was going to compete with him and say, well, no, granddad, uh, you know, if I get into a conversation with somebody and I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to look pretty stupid. So I think it's what you know, not who you know. And he said, boy, I tell you, it's who you know, not what you know. <laughs> and I look back now and I'm like, geez, man, I wasted 20 years, 20 <laughs> wow. years of my life until I absolutely realized, maybe it wasn't 20, it was probably 15, but it really kicked in sort of midway through me owning my design agency. And I started to realize, you know what, these people that are referring me, they're all referring me not, it's a little bit about what I know, right? But it's much more about who I know, because they didn't care that I, I was never the one doing the work on their website. I was always the one who had the team behind the scenes doing the work, whether I was outsourcing it or they were in-house. It didn't matter to them. Right. I was the one who was responsible. And what they knew about me was that I would stand behind my word. That's so important. I mean, that's critical. Uh, for yeah. And they talk about relationship with the client, the client partner, the client business partner relationship. I mean, you know, there's a huge bond there. And there's a, you know, there's a, there's a huge bond. Um, between the contract between um, a client and a service provider. Um, and if you don't have that trust and you don't have that relationship, 
um, it's not going anywhere fast. Yeah. And in service-based businesses, we're not doing business with brands, right? We're doing business with people. We don't hire brands. We hire people. We do business with the individual, not the, the corporation. We might write the check to the corporation. The credit card might be charged by the corporation, but the person is the reason we're doing business with them. And even that means if you're an owner of a business and you have a sales team, they're doing business with that salesperson. Right. I try to tell realtors this all the time. They don't care what shingle is hanging above your name for that real estate license. They, they don't care if it's Keller Williams, Cobalt Banker, Century 21, Remax. They don't care about any of that stuff. They're doing business with you, the individual. And when you move firms or agencies, they're going to go with you, right? Because that's not how this works. Now, if you're talking about where do I buy gas for my vehicle? Yeah, you might buy based on brand. You know, where do I buy some clothing? You might buy based on brand. Where do I eat at a restaurant? You might buy based on brand, right? But ultimately, when it's a service-based business, you know, you're talking about trades, you know, I just spoke at the Paving Expo, National Paving Expo. These people you know, they can choose from 12 different paving companies in their town. So they're not, it's not about, you know, the brand behind it. It's absolutely about the person that comes and the relationship they build and how they came in. And if it's done right, the referral source, the person that referred you in has pre-sold that whole thing based on your reputation. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, Matt, this has been so interesting. Thank you so much for sharing. And um, I want to give our listeners um, the way for them, for you to be able them, I'm sorry, them to be connect with you most efficiently. So if you would please um, share with us, what is the easiest way to reach you? Yeah, sure. So uh, my website is mattwardspeaks.com. Uh, I do have two resources for the audience, if they want to get that, they can go to fireupreferrals.com. And uh, fireupreferrals.com is going to give them uh, seven things that they can do to build better relationships in under five minutes a day. Wow. So that's the first resource. The second resource is the uh, referral revenue calculator. So oh. it's an actual Excel spreadsheet or link to a Google sheet, which will tell them exactly, they can put in all the numbers that they want and it spits back out the actual revenue they'll create if they go off and build these relationships with these referral partners that we've been talking about. Wow, that sounds like a handy dandy tool. <laughs> right, right, yeah, <laughs> good stuff. So that's fireupreferrals.com. Fabulous, well, thank you so much. and. Thank you listeners for joining us for another episode of Change Makers uh, podcast where we love to create bold lives and careers. And so until another episode of our Change Makers podcast, we hope you will be the change that you want to see. Until next time. Mm -hmm.